When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you another thing that I've recently been trying to work on, and I've been doing this more in my sessions with couples, is getting people to a place where they recognize that different is not necessarily wrong. Mm. That's like really big because wow. when, particularly early on in marriage and early on in relationship, whether it's with your spouse or significant other, whoever it is, you see differences in how they do things, some of which you like and some of which you don't. Mm-hmm. The things that you like, you're like, oh, that's great. But the things that you don't like, you tend to kind of label them as wrong. Mm. That's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And so how can you then begin to talk to your significant other, to your spouse about what they're doing that rubs you, what they're doing that you don't like without labeling it mm-hmm. in a judgmental way as being wrong? That's a huge challenge. Yeah. Wow. And so it's it's trying to help people to say, listen, I'm not going to call the fact that you may talk um, more than me or less than me or at a different volume than I talk sometimes. I'm not going to call that wrong, but I am going to talk to you about how that makes me feel. Yeah. Mm. And, and shifting it from a conversation about right and wrong, finger pointing, mm-hmm. to a conversation about, I don't want you to do something that causes me to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do something that causes you to feel a certain way. Right. So let's talk about how we can both interact in a way that makes each person feel comfortable, feel affirmed, and feel loved. If you're a go-getter, faith-driven, and family-focused, and need to break through to your next level, this is the podcast for you. Your self-talk can reshape every area of your life. It's time to dream and think big. Welcome to the Self-Talk Experience with Darnell and Tracy Self. It's time to elevate, baby. Let's get into the show. What's up? What's up, Self-Talk Experience audience? Guess what? Hey, guys. T-Self, as you all are used to seeing this one over here. But today, we have a guest with us. So Amari I'm I'm thrilled to be here <laughs> on the self-talk experience. What's going on, everybody? And thank you, guys. Thank you, Darnell. Thank you, Tracy, so much. So honored to be here with you guys today. Oh, man. It is our privilege to have you. Like so excited. Family. I'm so excited. So excited. I'm excited for you all. You don't, you don't even know what you don't know. I mean, we could talk about, obviously, and you probably don't know this. Broadcast journalism. You guys both have a bachelor's in that. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. Because we're close. <laughs> but did you go on to Princeton and get your master's in divinity? I was going to apply. <laughs> so some situations happened within a situation. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't able to attend Princeton with him. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, li- well listen. This <laughs> is oh, funny, my right? goodness. This is self-talk, right? And the things we say to ourselves about ourselves eventually determines what we attract for ourselves. And Yep. Yes. What you probably don't know about this brother here, he's like a unicorn. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, this, this can go in any direction now. I mean, we're, we're really far out here early on, guys. I, like drumline major. Wow. Yep, that is true. Uh-huh. I was drum major. Fluent Spanish. Wow. That uh, for what I understand, so... you can be like um, Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> You've talked to people. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love, like a, I, I love animals. Apologist. <laughs> so uh-huh. apparently 
there's either like an informant uh-huh. that some somehow has been working. Yeah, in, in elementary school, I was like, I want to be a herpetologist. So you definitely have talked to either my mother or wife oh, okay. <laughs> at some point in this uh, in this experience. Yeah, so we so, had to do our research. Yeah, we clearly do, we do research when I guess. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, I feel researched. <laughs> <laughs> but but honestly. Um, we have connected with Amari because, as many of you all know from our previous episodes, we've talked about how we have coaches in every area of our, of our lives. Absolutely. We've always wanted to get better in every area, including marriage. And a lot of times people think, oh, man, you go on a marriage retreat. What's wrong? <laughs> like, man, you got <laughs> like, everything good, man. We're praying for you, bro. <laughs> right? And, uh, and so we, we met Amari at a marriage retreat. And in fact, you we were did. the one heading it up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and um I actually remember that because I think after one of the um one of the sessions that we did, you came up to me and were like, Man, that's incredible, man. Thank you so much for sewing it to our families. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> and you were like, Man, we're gonna connect, which is something everybody right, says. Right, right, right. Um, but the fact that we actually connected has been meaningful, not just to me, but to our family. So yeah. like we love you guys like yeah. that. So thank you so much. No, man, your your wife is so funny. I was like, Hey, we should exchange information. We should like double date. She was like, Oh, okay. And yeah. like did the like the moonwalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny now we we're, we're like family. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think of I think of you guys as family. We think of you guys as family, yeah. so Honored to yeah. be here with you. Yeah. And you are my food friend. Well, he can get me to try anything uh, crispy duck with butternut squash, <laughs> ginger sauce. I mean, we really. We're foodies. We We're foodies. Fun and and it's, it's okay. I mean, I think that yeah. it's like one of the cool things that we do together. I enjoy it every time. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Absolutely. So, listen, I, you know, in this self talk, what I really want. Uh, our audience to get Amari okay. because we, we get this from you all the time. And okay. We realize that you have this gift oh, wow. and um, you're not going to say it. So we're going to say it an ability to say in three words would it would take me 23 words to say. <laughs> like, I'm like, how did you just do that in one sentence? I need like a paragraph or a novel to get that out. Right. And, uh, and so I knew you'd be perfect uh, because so many people want to become better in their relationships. They want to become better. And not just, you know, their spouses, yeah. but siblings, friendship, right. people at work. And so we are really uh, honored to have you here to talk about yeah. relationships today. I oh, mean, I'm honored to be here. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm here good, for it. Good. Did you want to ask Amari a question first? Well, before we get started, okay. just so our audience kind of gets to know you a little bit. Yep. If I ask the people closest to you. Yeah. Who is Amari Hughes? What would they say? Oh, wow. That's probably a good question. I mean, like I, I think um, I am really focused on family. I'm, I'm, I'm probably a lot more playful than people would assume. Mm-hmm. And I think a large part of that is because, you know, professionally as, as a pastor, so much of what I do is very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like to joke. I like to play. I like to have a ball. I like to have a good time. So, so I'm, I'm real lighthearted in that way. Very playful, playful. Um, I think that I'm a person and I think they would say like, I, I just, I'm really serious about my family though. I love family, you yes. know? And for me, it's like go hard at work and go hard with family. Yeah. And that's really Really, who I am? Yeah, yeah, we can see that, man. Even yeah. with your post with Khalil, I mean, everybody. Oh man, I love that love dude. Love <laughs> yeah, it's and, it, and it's, it's honestly, um, to me, I think that one of the things I've been learning about that, um, and you've modeled this 
really well with your children, man. It's just, it, it just requires presence, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I try to be as present as I can, um, knowing that I'm oftentimes being pulled in this direction and that direction. Right. Um, but being present for Khalil is, yeah. is up there, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how'd you find your love for, I'm sorry, did I cut you off? You no, that was perfect. Question? That okay. was perfect answer. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, I, I love that answer. So how, how'd you find your love for marriage ministry or, or, or is it something else first? That's a good question. Um, so marriage ministry is this thing that is really like continuously evolving for me. And, and, I, and I think that it really originated out of this deep love and desire to see people like win and get better. Like I like helping people. Mm. Right. Like that's why I, I that's what I enjoy about doing what I do. I love helping people. And I think with marriage, so oftentimes people struggle relationally, particularly with marriage, because they feel very isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people don't realize that the challenges that they have relational with their spouse are very similar challenges to those faced by everybody else. And so they feel defeated and they feel like they can't win when in actuality, a lot of what they're experiencing is real normal. It's just having somebody to help them kind of walk through it. And I love being um, being able to be in those spaces with people. Yeah. And I love watching people grow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I think an, another piece of it for me that I've enjoyed is I like sharing what I've learned. So, you know, I've not been a perfect husband and I'm like learning still actively, even after over a decade, like what it means to be a husband and and how to do that. And so as I learn to be able to share that with others mm-hmm. is outrageously, um, it's an outrageous blessing. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So, so when you were at, uh, Princeton, yeah. Right. And I just, I feel good saying it, right. It took me seven and a <laughs> half years to get my 40 degrees. <laughs> right. So when you were at uh, Princeton, oh Lord. Um, oh Lord. no, so no, but were you at that moment thinking that way? Or you no, not like, at all. Yeah. No, not at all, man. And, and, I, and you know, the other thing about gifts is like, sometimes you don't know what gifts you have until they get activated. Mm. And so it's not until you get put in settings. Like one of the things I've enjoyed just kind of in, in, in transparency, I've loved watching you, Tracy, in this <laughs> setting. No, because you're gifted. You know what I mean? And, Thank you. And, but that gift that you have in front of a camera and on a microphone may not have been activated until opportunity came. Mm. So there's this, there's this thing that happens, I think kind of organically sometimes in our lives when we have um, gifts that meet opportunity and that's when we become aware. And I just found that whenever I got an opportunity to sow into couples lives, to sit with them, Mm -hmm. to work with them, I felt like it was almost like I was in the zone in the same way that I, felt when I played sports sometimes like I would just feel like man I'm in the zone I'm locked in like I can hear what I need to say in this moment I feel like you know for me as a person of faith I feel like God's talking to me about these people and sharing what I need to share with them and so it is um it's something that's kind of been just opening for me I didn't see it at Princeton at all Hmm. but once I became a pastor and started having opportunities to work with people Man, it just became really apparent that like this is an area where I really want to limit myself and buckle down. So yeah, that's kind of so how that good. happened for me. It is. What would you say are some of the most challenging situations that you're faced with when you're counseling? Yeah. So this is going to sound odd, but I think the most difficult thing to get any person to do is to see themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like that is a real challenge and most of the time when people come and they want to talk with me or they want to talk with someone about their relationship, about their marriage, oftentimes they want to talk about the other person. 
And so they're very um, apt to point out like what this person is doing that's problematic. You know, right. what they don't like. They need to change this. Yeah. So they do this. Yeah, right. yeah because when she... No, I'm just <laughs> I was like, y'all, I'm not, I wasn't going, Tracy. We're not in a I was not right going. Now. I was not going, Tracy. Thank you. No, but seriously, like getting people to see like, hey, man, listen, okay, even if they are doing that, how are you going to respond to that? What is the role right. that you're playing in that? Or where are you in this situation? Could your perspective be off? Um, so a big part of it is getting people to, uh, one of the most difficult things is really getting people to see themselves. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you another thing that I've recently been trying to work on and I've been doing this more in my sessions with couples is getting people to a place where they recognize that different is not necessarily wrong. Mm. That's like really big because wow. when, particularly early on in marriage and early on in relationship, whether it's with your spouse or significant other, whoever it is, you see differences in how they do things, some of which you like and some of which you don't. Mm-hmm. The things that you like, you're like, oh, that's great. But the things that you don't like, you tend to kind of label them as wrong. Mm. That's not always the case. Mm -hmm. And so how can you then begin to talk to your significant other, to your spouse about what they're doing that rubs you, what they're doing that you don't like without labeling it Mm -hmm. in a judgmental way as being wrong? That's a huge challenge. And so it's it's trying to help people to say, listen, I'm not going to call the fact that you may talk um, more than me or less than me or at a different volume than I talk sometimes. I'm not going to call that wrong. But I am going to talk to you about how that makes me feel. Yeah. Mm. And, and shifting it from a conversation about right and wrong, finger pointing, mm-hmm. to a conversation about, I don't want you to do something that causes me to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do something that causes you to feel a certain way. Right. So let's talk about how we can both interact in a way that makes each person feel comfortable, feel affirmed, and feel loved. Yeah. If I can, those are, those are the two things that kind of break open every other subsequent conversation. Yeah. That goes you know, what's funny, man, is that we just had an episode. We talked about how when you're born, you know, you're, you don't choose what school you go to. You're not mm-hmm. choosing your religion. Like your parents are choosing these things in, in the beginning. Right. Right? right. They're choosing your language for you. Right. Cause they're speaking that language to you. And then as you get older, your teachers, neighbors, they all have this effect on this and shaping this person you're becoming. Right. Yep. And my my buddy Byron just reminded us of a session we went to with Miles Monroe, the great late Miles Monroe, where he said, the later on in life that you marry... Yeah. The more you're not just marrying that person, you're marrying their history. And and that is like ridiculously true. And let me tell you something else. (laughs) It's oftentimes so much harder to get people who do get married later in life to embrace what it's going to mean to be in relationship because a lot of times they're very comfortable being by themselves. Yeah. Hmm. And, and here's the other benefit too. The thing that marriage does, the thing the relationship does is it presents you with like a consistent mirror, good, bad, or ugly. Mm-hmm. And you see yourself reflected in that person in a way that oftentimes you can't, if you're not in that type of relationship. Mm-hmm. And so when people haven't had that benefit for some time, and then they come together. It's not that it can't happen, yeah. but it's that people have to really come together with a high dose of humility yeah. to be able to say, listen, you know, I'm expecting to show up and to learn some things about myself I didn't know. Right. You're going to learn some things from me you didn't know. And you got to really be open. I yeah. think that that's the word. That's you got to so be open. Yeah. It, it's ridiculously hard. Yeah. It's ridiculously hard. And and the, the longer, again, the longer we're kind of by ourselves, 
the harder that can be to make that adjustment. So you've got to come in knowing relationally that you're going to find out some things about yourself, some that you want to know, some that you don't want to know, but be open. If I could just say anything to anybody who's going into it, just be open. You you know what I love is one of the things you said, the biggest issue, and I feel like this and just tell me what you feel, right? Because you're in way more counseling sessions than I am. I feel like I'm in my line of business. (laughs) I'm not not actually a counselor, but I feel like I am. So, but here's one of the things, man, you said, one of the biggest issues that you see is when people think different is wrong. Yeah. Right. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. And I think, again, not when, when you said that, I thought not just in terms of my spouse, yeah. but even in friendships. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would, would you, would you say some of the same attributes and yeah. things that are necessary to create a healthy um, marriage? Some of those same things are essential in creating healthy friendships, too. I think that they're essential in creating healthy friendships. Central in creating healthy business relationships, mm. central in creating healthy partnerships. Part of the reason is our differences are what when we come together, they give balance. Mm. So like I've never I've what never do you, what do you mean by that? So like, okay, the if the goal is for us to have a complete pattern of communication and, and be healthy in our communication and be whole, it makes sense to have one person who may be better at just saying it straightforward mm. and to the point. Yeah. Because it's sometimes that's what's needed. Right. right, right. You need somebody who can come in and be like, let me call a spade a spade. This is what it is. We're going to get this done, right? Yeah. But then you also need people, and you need somebody on the team Who's in the partnership, softer. in the relationship, yeah. when, hey, man, that might not be the best approach. Right. right. And they can tag the other person in. And, and what I try to get couples to sometimes realize is, listen, I see great balance here. Yeah. This is not a problem. Your differences are actually an asset because here's the thing. You don't have to become somebody you're not. Mm, You can be who you are. Right. And if you make room and space for her differences, for his differences, then they can be who they are. And in togetherness, you have completion. It'll complement each other. It complements. It doesn't tear down. And so, like, I'm trying to get people now. This is funny. I'm actually working some of this out right now in this moment. But one of the things I'm trying to do is get couples to realize, man, differences are an asset. Mm. Differences are an asset. I think that one of the things that we've got to retreat from is trying to get ourselves replicated in every relationship. Mm. So what we tend to want to do is self-replicate, right? We want you to be just like me. I want you to act like I think you should act. I want you to talk like I think you should talk. I want you to do the things that I think you should do. And those things are probably things that I do. Mm. But it's much better. (laughs) It's much better if you can make room for them to be who they are, you be who you are, and recognize that, man, when they bring their strengths to your areas of weakness and you bring your strengths to their areas of weakness, those things that we call differences and wrong actually become assets and mm. become tools to help us grow. Yeah. That's great. That's, That's so great. good. Cause I, you know, I, I find myself sometimes thinking in any relationship, like, man, I don't know if I would have done it like that. Yeah. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, we're not talking about like character flaws, mm-hmm. right? We're just talking about methodology, like someone doing it differently. Like, I don't know if I would have done it like that. And sometimes that's good Yep. because in order to create a healthy team, yep. it should be people that would do it slightly different. And, and that gives you a different perspective, right? Yeah. You know, it makes you think, well, I may not have done it like that, but maybe it was okay to do it that way. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what you were talking if about. If you're open-minded. If you're open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that it does, and I know that, you know, 
particularly for guys, this can be a hard place to have conversation because men, most of us were social. If, if people come from backgrounds that are similar to mine, growing up in a largely kind of like, you know, urban context, um, it, it it what it does is it sometimes makes you afraid to engage emotions and be transparent with how you feel. Mm. Um, but I think another piece of this is what doing that will do for each of us is it challenges and exposes areas of insecurity. Mm. Right? Like, am I okay with the fact that like I'm not as good at this as you are? Mm. Am I okay with the fact that Man, that's not the way that I would do it, but it gets the job done. Hmm. Am I okay with that? Or am I really trying to control and am I really trying to micromanage because it helps me to manage my own insecurities? Hmm. You know, um, one of the things that I remember my wife and I had to work out when Khalil came, our son came there would be times where she would leave him at home with me <laughs> and daddy daycare is just not like mommy daycare. It's just not the same thing. And so when she would come home, you know, he would be like alive. Yeah. <laughs> Clothes would be on. Now what that attire was might not always match. There may only be one shoe instead of two, but like he was going to be, Okay. Right. I wasn't going to do things the way that she did, but it was going to be okay. And I think that's a good example because many moms will know that's a big release to let you deal with my child, even though you're my husband, even though you're my significant other, without doing it the exact way I'm prescribing. Right. But that same thing, I think, is a good place to explore that tension when it comes to relationships. Mm -hmm. Because it keeps us from so from kind of drifting into a place of trying to be too controlling. Yeah. Um, it makes room for the other to be who they are in that experience. Too. Yeah. That makes any sense. No, it, it makes complete sense. I think um, one of the things that you said earlier, and I thought, man, and I meant to ask you this question then, so I'm, I'm going to go back and ask you this question now before we move forward. <clears throat> you were talking about activating the gift you already have. Mm -hmm. And you, of course, you use Tracy as an example. Because she's so gifted. <laughs> opportunity allow that to to come forth or at least for her to say you know what maybe this is something yeah. you know i can be good at and i would have never done it i would have never thought to do it yeah. no. at, at all if you didn't ask me yeah yeah and i had to ask a few times several times <laughs> <laughs> but once we did it was like oh she was like i like this and this i'm is having good. a great time yeah 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 so do you find in ministry or just in life where there's so many people, because I, I guarantee there are folks watching this right now who like, I feel like I have some, I'm, I'm called to do something, I have some gift and I don't know what it is. I, I haven't activated it yet. You right. know what I mean? I'm 35 right. years old mm -hmm. and I feel like, you know, people around me keep saying, you know, you got something special, there's something special about you. Mm -hmm. And they feel like they should be doing more than what they currently are doing. And they just don't know how to activate that. Yeah. Any advice there? Man, you just have to be courageous enough to try. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something else, man. You got to be courageous enough to fail. Mm -hmm. My son right now is starting to play basketball and he's a perfectionist, kind of like me. <laughs> and one of the things that is really hard is getting Khalil to try moves that might not work. Mm. Wow. Like he like there's some move like when we're at home and we're working, we're dribbling, we're going through certain things, like he'll do it. 
and he'll do it well. Mm-hmm. And then when it's game time or when they're scrimmaging in practice, he won't do it. And I'm like, dude, why didn't you just go out and why didn't you try it? Yeah. He's like, man, because I, I didn't want to miss the shot. I didn't want to lose the ball. And I'm like, bro, like, that's a part of the life experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like trying and failing and continuing to try mm. until you succeed mm-hmm. is a part of the life experience. Yeah. And I think that that's so true for the exploration of our gifts, man. Like you don't get it all at once. I remember when I was like um, transitioning from my background in my career in broadcasting into ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I also was like a professional heathen at the time. So like, <laughs> so I didn't have like a real God context. Like, you know, like, I mean, like I grew up going to church on Sunday cause my mom made me. Mm-hmm. And that was like pretty much my extent of it. I didn't have like a real personal relationship in the way that I do now. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I just felt like I had a great job at the time. I was a partner in a firm. We were doing um, some online communication work. And I remember just starting to feel like empty and feeling like there was something to your point Mm. that I was supposed to be doing something else. And because I didn't have anything remote to a God context, I tried like everything to figure out what that could be. (laughs) So like I was sitting on boards at the time and I would go like volunteer um, in different organizations. I knew somebody who was on the board that I was on in Baltimore at the time. And they um, were part of like um, uh, big brothers, big sisters. Mm -hmm. So I would go and try to help there. Mm -hmm. And, And everywhere that I went, Uh, It would be like, okay, but nothing would really click. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until one opportunity for me to go volunteer was to speak to a group of kids. Mm -hmm. And I went and I spoke. And afterwards, I just felt like, oh, my God, that was the most amazing thing I've ever done. My energy was ridiculous. I felt like, oh, my God, when can I do that again? Where the next where's the next Mm -hmm. group? And it was through that exploration, that mm-hmm. trial and error right. that I've begun to figure out, you know, this is an area to which I'm called. This, these are some gifts that I have that I need to explore. So you just have to be courageous enough to try. Put yourself out there. And courageous mm-hmm. enough to fail. Yeah. You know, you might not get it on the first time, but yeah. keep trying, keep exploring. And I think the other thing is like, I would say this, follow the breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. So like, don't make this super deep. Yeah. What do you like doing? Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do you like doing? If you had, like, if, if money was no problem and time was no issue, what would you do? Mm. You know, what, what would you do that would invigorate you, that would make you feel like you, like you, you know, excited? That, mm-hmm. And then follow that. So, so explore it. Mm-hmm. Do it. And, and, and see what comes as you walk down that road. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's really important. But even that requires that you're, you're willing to try. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think you said follow the breadcrumbs. Do you think having mentors in that space helped you out because they were able to drop some of those breadcrumbs or regardless of that, you were like, look, mentor, no mentor. This is what I like to do. This is what I like to do. I think I think you need to have the confidence to do it without a mentor and the humility to know that you can't do it without a mentor. Mm, that's so good. I, I think Say you need to again. have like both. <laughs> Say that again for the people in the back. Oh my gosh. That was good. No, I'm serious. Right. I, I think you need to have the confidence to do it without somebody pushing you mm-hmm. and without somebody guiding you. And I think you need to have the humility to know you're not going to be successful mm. without somebody helping you. Yeah. Without that's somebody amazing. pushing you. Yeah. Without yeah. somebody guiding you. I yeah. think you need both. Agreed. And um, and when you find that combination of both, you, you're, you're in a really special place. I keep coming back to like 
this this word humility though mm. because i think humility puts you in a position to be teachable mm. you know like the people who are most successful they're constantly learning mm. yeah they're constantly like trying to find out new information they 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 retain a childlike fascination mm-hmm. you know like they they're like that when it comes to the embrace of new things to exploring new things mm-hmm. I mean, yeah even this this is a new venture for you guys yeah. podcasting yeah. right so you're exploring a new thing you have a childlike curiosity yeah. right and i think that that's what it takes in order to be willing to move forward in that type of a way and when mentors see that in a person, man, they pour. Yeah. Because people who do whatever they do at a high level, they get to a place where the most valuable thing that they have is time. Mm. Most people get to a place when they do things at a high level where financial resource is no longer an issue because mm. right. they do it at a high level. Right. right. They have accomplishments because they do it at a high level. Mm-hmm. They have credibility because they do it at a high level. Right. And they even have relationships with people because they do what they do at a high level. So mm-hmm. people want to be in connectivity, connected to them. Yeah. Right. But the thing that they still prize oftentimes is their time. And if they're going to make an investment in somebody, they want to make an investment in somebody who they know is teachable and who's willing to learn and wants to grow. Mm. And so that humility, man, is so important on your journey towards discovering whatever it is that you're going to do well and yeah. figuring out what you're called to do. Yeah, and that's awesome. That's all. We're going to take a break. And I know, you know, I took us down a road that probably didn't have a whole lot to do with relationships <laughs> and marriage. No, nah, it's all but, good. But, yeah, you know, good. but yeah, humility does. Yeah. No, man, humility and relationship will save you. Yeah. You know, like I'll say this real quick. I know, it, I know, it, but, but you, but you got to discover like, one of the things I say all the time is, man, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? Mm. Mm. Which one? You want to be right or do you want to be married? Because, like, you can argue your point yeah. until they say right. you're right. Right. And by the time you get done arguing, right. they might not want to be married. <laughs> so, funny, so you got to know. You got to have that. You got to. I've never that. heard that. I used to always say, you know, it'd be right or rich or right or wealthy just because people had to be right so much. That they miss out on opportunities and deals just because the ego wouldn't allow them to say, you know what, let me take a step back. Maybe I'm, I need to look at this through a different set yeah. of lenses. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, but the humility piece, man, that's I what t- that's what makes you be like, you know what, I don't I don't need to be right in this moment so much that it's gonna cause damage and tension to relationship. Mm. So let me just take a pause. Let me take a step back. Right. We'll revisit it later. Mm. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk. A we'll revisit about it later, babe. <laughs> Yeah, this is really we we asked you to come on as a guest because this one right here, man. My, my. No, she's awesome. She's awesome. Okay, we will be right back. More awesomeness. Hey, what's up, self talk experience family? Listen, I thought I was going to get some bathrooms renovated, but I had no idea when I connected with my man Stan Neal that it would be more than a renovation. I'm not even sure what the term should be. Maybe transformation, because I started with the bathrooms, and all of a sudden, my entire basement was redone in a way that my family members thought I moved. Seriously. So if you're looking to take your house to the next level, whether it's some custom construction, some transformation of your bedroom, your bathrooms, your family room, your great room, I did it all. I I mean, if I showed you my entire house before and after pictures, in fact, I'm going to show you some, you would say, no way is that the same room or the same house. Listen, I'm just saying this because I've got personal experience with this gentleman. So you want to connect with him, I'm going to give you the number, his office number to reach him, as well as email. And again, you will not be disappointed. So if you want to reach him uh, via 
his office number, 202-359-3923. Again, 202-359-3923. And email is stan, S-T-A-N dot Neil, N-E-A-L-J-R at freshairllc.com. Connect with my man, Stan. You won't be disappointed. Hey, family, make sure you're following my girl, Brianna, on Instagram at Belux Boutique or to shop for date night or just lounging in the house. She has everything you need. As you can see, go to her website, belux.shop, and get you some great pieces today. Hey, what's up, fam? You got to connect with J&E Builders. They buy homes in any condition. J&E Builders even help out with distressed properties. And if you're dealing with a significant amount of taxes... J&E Builders will assist you with that home as well. Give them a hit at J&E underscore Builders. That's at Instagram at J&E underscore Builders. So author and trainer Monty Sanders has been in this health and wellness space for over 20 years. His most notable clients are NFL Hall of Famers, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. And guess what? He's got an Amazon best-selling book that you can gain access to right now. It's the power of you versus you. I'm going to tell you right now how you can get access to that and his other programs. All you have to do is go to thepowerofyouversusyou.com. That's it, thepowerofyouversusyou.com to get access to that amazing book as well as all of his other programs. Well, we are back, guys, and I'm so disappointed that we were not, were not recording because when we took a break, we continued to talk to Amari, and I wanted to know if you could kind of go back to what we were saying. We were talking about earlier how you have to activate your gift, right? Yeah. And we were talking about sometimes tension comes, yeah. and that's not always a bad thing. Yeah. So what were we saying about that? No, we were, you know, um, great conversation about what it means to explore tension and see, see tension. And this is good too, because it ties into both um, the discovery of gift, mm. but also even the exploration of certain places in relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we see tension as a bad thing. You know, if a conversation causes tension, avoid it. Mm-hmm. If moving in a certain direction as it pertains to pursuing our own goals, ambitions, or dreams, if there's tension that we encounter along the way up, oh, skip over that. But what does it look like? to see tension as an invitation for further exploration. Mm -hmm. Then maybe the tension is there because there's something trapped that needs to be released Mm -hmm. and needs to be let go. Right. And a lot of times we don't get to see what's trapped beneath because we're so fearful of going further into it. But man, when you're pursuing your dreams and when you're pursuing um, healthy relationship, when you're pursuing your goals, at some point you're going to be faced with some level of tension. Mm. You're going to get opposition. You're going to get pushback. Sometimes it's external, but a lot of times it's internal. And we've got to be willing to press through that and to explore that because oftentimes that's where the true gems really are. But we talk about that all the time because so often our self-talk talks us right out of what is waiting for us on the other side Mm. and we miss out on it. So that's tough to even push through your own Mm self-talk when it's not so positive. It can take you out and then you put whatever it was to the wayside and move on to the next. Yeah. And it's that tension, right? Yeah. And you got, you have to have the courage to seriously, like Trace, you got to have the courage to explore it. So scary. You know, so, okay. So like I'm, I'm Mm. in this place where like my own self-talk is negative. Why? 
Why is it negative? Mm -hmm. Where did this come from? What life experience told me that I can't, mm -hmm. right. that I'm less than? Right. Mm -hmm. Was that life experience one that was positive that I would want to have experienced or was it negative? If it was a negative life experience. Why am I still giving it as much credence in my life as I am? Mm. Right. So what does it look like to really do that and allow tension to invite us in? And I really think that's important, again, not just for us individually, but it's so important for us relationally too. Sometimes couples have so much tension around a thing because they're scared to talk about it. Mm. Right. Sometimes they're afraid to admit that they were wrong. Sometimes they're afraid to admit that they are afraid. Mm. Right. And the lack of attention given to that place where there is some level of tension keeps people bound. So, man, I'm like, listen, when you find tension in your life, when you find tension in your relationship, explore it. Mm -hmm. So you're saying go towards it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And see what's causing it again. Like if it's tense, if it's tight, why yeah. what's pulling in one direction and what's pulling in the other direction? Do you just need to pull harder again? Is there something trapped that's trying to get unearthed in you? Is there a gift? Mm -hmm. Is there a talent? Is there a call? And is there something going on relationally mm -hmm. that really needs to be explored because once it gets explored, it's liberating for everybody who is involved. So, so yeah, I think tension can be a good thing. Yeah. So good. Do you think that if good. if you have attempted that in the past, mm -hmm. right, people have moved towards tension and because of the way the other person, the best friend, sibling, spouse reacted or responded, it made you hesitant to ever do it again. Yeah. So it almost feels like there needs to be some setup like, hey, I mm -hmm. want to move forward and discover what's causing us to have this tension. But I feel like we've attempted this before. You have to set up a certain time to yeah. do that. Like yeah. I know you've you've shared before in some lessons like there's yeah. certain moments. It's probably not the best time right. to bring it up in the middle of a heated argument. Like, stop. Let's talk about the tent. <laughs> I definitely think that that's very true. So, like, you do not want to make that the first thing to have is when you come home from work after a very long day. You don't want that to be the first thing you talk about when you wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you're going to have a conversation that in and of itself can be tense, mm -hmm. Particularly if we're talking about, this is actually really helpful. This is good. This is like a tip that I hope will help people. So if you know that you need to have a difficult conversation with your significant other, put parameters around it. Hmm. I often tell couples like, give yourself a set time limit, hmm. 15 minutes, and then go into that conversation with an understanding that, hey, look, 15 minutes total, you get this much time to talk. I get this much time to talk. I know it might sound like really, really calculated, but I really encourage couples to like, no, put a timer there because when you start to really get into your feelings and your emotions, it's really easy to just blah. Right. And the next thing you know, you've bled all over a person that you said something that you shouldn't say. So parameters when we're learning are really helpful. Most of the time when you learn how to ride a bike, you started with training wheels. Mm -hmm. Parameters when you're learning a thing mm -hmm. are really helpful. What, what kind of parameters? Would you so I think that time is very important. Okay. I think we got to go into tense conversations knowing if you do these things, it's okay for me to walk away. Mm. Right. So, hey, if your tension gets so flared up that you call me out of my name, that you use language that we've decided we're not going to use within the context of our relationship based on how we want our relational culture and to the function. the conversation stops there. Then, it, then that gives me permission. Right. And check this out, though. This is important, Tracy. We agree to those things outside of a moment of tension. Mm. Right. Okay. 
right? We agree to this stuff right. when we're level-headed. Right. Not like, oh, you walking away. No, right. no. Right. When we're right. just laid right. back, we're just kicking it. We're having couch time. We're just, you know, chilling. We're going to talk about it now while we can be easy breezy. We might even need to write it down so we don't forget. Mm -hmm. And here's our governing document for times when tension comes. Again, I know it sounds very prescribed, but these are tools that help couples. Mm -hmm. And then once you've mastered it, then what you oftentimes find is you don't need the timer because you're more sensitive to how much you're talking and how much they're talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because now you know what it feels like to dominate the mm -hmm. conversation and you know what it feels like to listen. Yeah. And now you know what it feels like to get to a place where you're about to cross one of those lines that we put in the sand. Mm -hmm. And so now you don't have to have it right there in front of you because you can feel yourself. You right. become more self-aware. So those types of tools, I think, are helpful in setting early parameters. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, as couples explore them, things get to a place where they're no longer necessary yeah. in that kind of way. That's so good. That is. That's so, you want to say something? No, but uh. sometimes, too, we schedule when we're going to talk. You right. should. Yeah. You should. I mean, dude, like, here's the thing, though. We schedule everything else of significance in life. Right. Oh, right. Man, just a, a conference call yeah. or something. A doctor's for, appointment? Yeah. Right. If you're going to go hang out with girlfriends and they matter to you, what time are we going to meet? Right. Yeah. So where, why where would we, you do that? Why wouldn't you say, hey, Tuesday at three o'clock, are we good to talk? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't right. you check your calendar to know, hold on, man, if, if, if Darnell has a major work meeting with a guy who he does not like having major work meetings with, <laughs> why would we schedule a major conversation to happen right on the heels of that. Right. Why wouldn't we find a better time to work? Absolutely. Yeah. Except guys don't really schedule it like that. We're like, hey, Mari, we're going to get up Friday. Like, yeah, all right, I hit you up Friday and figure out what time. But you know what? So check this out. <laughs> that is so true. I was recently talking. I was working with a couple. And one of the things that I was trying to get, particularly the, 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 the dude in the couple to realize is that, there are things that you do outside of your relationship that you got to do differently within mm, your relationship. So oh, yes. So like as a guy, you're right. We just kind of go off, but right. that might not work in here. Right. I was talking to a brother. And I was saying, hey, man, listen, like you can't joke with your wife <laughs> like you joke with your boys. Like she's not laughing. Right. So like right. the same thing <laughs> that works doesn't work in here. Sure. And so I think it's important for us to know what we have to do differently yeah. within the context of relationships yeah. to make them successful. Yeah. But that's even in friendships too. Yep. Because certain friends enjoy certain things and certain friends will not enjoy that at all. Yep. So you have to kind of know where, who you're with. Yeah. And, right. And I'll tell you, can I say this really quickly? Yeah, that um, I was actually thinking about this and as I was just kind of um, trying to center myself to come spend time with you guys. I think one of the things that we sometimes believe, now this is going to sound jarring. Let me say it first before you like, oh my God, that's dumb. <laughs> I don't think we should fall into the pattern of always bringing all of ourselves to every relationship. Mm. I think that there are some times where like, there's some parts of Omari that need to be as far away from Khalil as possible. There's a part of me that if me and you are sitting down and we're shooting pool or we're out, I might talk a certain way. Mm -hmm. I might use certain language. I might joke in a certain way. I'm not going to do that around my son. Right. Right. I'm not going to bring that part of who I am. Right. To that relationship. Right. And I think what I hear people sometimes saying is like, well, you got to accept all of me. Well, um, but all of you may not work for your wife. Mm. 
all of you may not work in this instance. And so it's not to say that the person that you're with doesn't know that's an aspect of who you are, but you bring the parts of you that are most healthy for that relationship and you put them on the forefront. And right. you're still being yourself. You're still being yourself. But who you are as a mom when you're talking to Milan is probably different than who you are as a mom when you're talking to Makai. Right. Who you are as a dad when you're with right. one of your kids is who you is different than who you are when you're alone on an island, you know, hanging right. out with your wife. Right. And that's okay. Right. Yeah. So so like why do we think that we should always show up with every part right. of who we are. Right. You got to learn when to filter. I never When to bring what? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? But it's so true, right? I mean, I never thought about it that way. I mean, you articulated it so well, as I said in the beginning of this podcast. Oh, but <laughs> even like if I'm leading a Zoom or a team on a Zoom, I'm not going to get off of that Zoom and all of a sudden talk to my wife that same way. Nope. Right? So nope. it's not that I'm trying to keep that secretive. Yeah. Right. Because that's, that's I think that's maybe what some people feel like. I need to know everything. I need all of you. And it's not you're not trying to hide it, but I'm not going to bring that part of how I handle my business partners. Man. I'm not handling my wife that same well, way. That, that wouldn't bring value to me. That There it is. Mm. Right. See, it's not healthy. Mm. It is. And like, um, you know, one of the examples I give is like, you know, Kobe Bryant will go down in history as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I was listening to him talk about growing up as a child living overseas. And he was saying that because he had so few friends, his best friend was a basketball. Mm. He's like, man, he took the basketball with him everywhere. He was like, one of the reasons I got so good so quickly was because nobody wanted to play with me. Mm. So I just spent all of my time with a basketball. This is a guy who lived so much of his life with a basketball, but it would have been utterly inappropriate for him to bring that basketball to the dinner table. Mm. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. know that's part right. of who you are. Right, right. We know that's a big aspect of what you do and who right. it is that you are. But do you want to bring that? Yeah. You want to bounce a ball on a table and get germs all over the place? Right. No, you don't, because right. it's not healthy. Right. And so it's actually yeah. something that we do, but we don't realize that we filter. Yeah. And, and we've got to be selective with how we filter yeah. and hmm. what we bring, what parts of who we are we bring to certain contexts. Yeah. Wow. You know, we, we had this conversation often, Amari, and I want to ask you this, too, because it's just it's thought provoking. And that is you meet someone. Yep. And again, it could be a friend, right? Platonic relationship. It could be um, a significant other. But you meet someone yep. and you guys connect because of some commonality of where you are at that moment. Yep. Where you are at that moment and where they are. You grow. Yep. You heal from yep. whatever it was that maybe you guys had some again some relationship built on a hurt yeah it yep. could have bought you together maybe right yep. the hurt bought you all together you're like man you hurt me and me too your, your dad yeah my dad too whatever it was yep you've healed from it they didn't yep you've grown to be a different person they didn't yep so it feels like man you're selling me out like what, what happened and have you dealt with people in that situation? Because I find myself sometimes even apologizing to my wife because the man she married is not the man today. Like she married a, a guy who went to work at a regular job, but now I don't really have a nine to five. I'm not like at a dinner table at six p.m. I, like you can't clock me yep. at the dinner table at six p.m. every night. Yep. Some yep. nights, but not every night. Yep. You know what I mean? So yep. my day is so different. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, you, you didn't marry this man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you, you ever dealt with that? Oh man, I see that all the time. So there's two 
two things that come to mind. Part of answering this is impossible for me to do without leaning on my beliefs and my faith mm-hmm. in, in this yeah, in this instance. No. So so part of that is why for me, I think it's so very important that before you I was I was gonna put up this um post on Instagram and be like when a couple calls me and they're like, we're in love, we want you to marry us, I'm never excited. <laughs> but when a couple calls and they're like, man, we think we're supposed to be together, but we need to do some work to be sure, will you work with us? I'm always excited. Mm-hmm. And I'm always excited because I think that the thing that's oftentimes missing for me as a person of faith is that when God brings two people together, I believe that God knows every iteration of Darnell that's coming. Mm. I believe that God knows every iteration of Tracy that's coming before kids with kids, when kids are gone and y'all are empty nesters and God knows Darnell is going to be able to handle every iteration of Tracy and Tracy is going to be able to handle every iteration of Darnell. It for me is the strongest case for making sure that you prayerfully move into relationship before you get into it mm. as a person of faith. Mm. What the other aspect of answering that question has to entail is what oftentimes happens when people don't take time up front to discern, is this really someone, not just who I can be with, but who I can grow with. Mm. Yeah. Right. And what happens is inevitable at some point when you get started and you're just building you're a balloon with no air in it. Mm. But man, the more air you put in that balloon, the more it begins to inflate, the more it begins to go up. And now you begin to feel tension from the sandbags that are holding you to the ground. Mm. And now it becomes heavier to remain connected with people. Mm. If you are not assessing relationship, not just based on where you are now, but based on the capacity to grow. Mm. And here's the thing. The capacity to grow that you've seen and experienced for yourself. I always tell people, man, don't ever marry potential. That that mm. jacks people up every time. Potential oftentimes is never realized. Mm. And if you marry a dude, marry a sister because, oh, they got great potential. Yeah, but what happens if that potential never becomes reality? Mm. Now yeah. you're stuck. Mm. Yeah. You want to be with somebody who's demonstrated, listen, I'm willing to grow. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm working on myself without you. So, you know, I'll work on myself with you. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I see where you're going. And even though I'm not going in the exact same direction, I'm going somewhere myself. And so we have a shared experience of what it means to learn and to grow together. You've got to know that when you don't link with people in that type of a way, it's oftentimes the case that at some point you grow in a rate that they can't handle. And sometimes you become somebody they're not ready for you to become. And you have to decide whether or not you want to stay where you are and allow that person to impact your becoming Mm. or whether or not you recognize, man, this might be a time where I need to let this individual go so that I can become who it is for me, for my context, who God's called me to be. Wow. Such a great impact you're becoming. Ooh. That's deep. I think it's the most important thing. I mean, I think it's the greatest gift that we have. And I, I mean, like, this is a place where I, I, I sincerely, um, man, I get, I, I get full because I think that the capacity to become the fact that every day we get an opportunity to become better. Yeah. Right. The fact that every day we get an opportunity to become someone that we weren't yesterday. Yeah. I mean, don't ever lose sight of that. It's such a gift. You, you're not stuck. 
You don't have to remain in that place. Even when circumstances, people in life have told you something different. No, man, you can become. And what I get excited about is watching people become during stages and during places in life where people have told them that they're done with that, mm-hmm. you know, and they're still walking into, they're still learning and they're still evolving. So it doesn't matter like what life stage you may be at mm-hmm. or where you are, like you have an opportunity to become. Yeah. And that's encouraging, not just for us individually, but that's encouraging for us relationally too. Yeah. Right. Cause your marriage can become better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your relationship yeah. can become better. Yep. Right. That decision to do so can start, in the here and with the now and it oftentimes originates with you you know it's so funny earlier you talked about um that's so good about exactly what you just said about making sure that you look inwardly and how sometimes different can be perceived as wrong but what i also got out of you saying that because you just made me think about it with your last comment it's not just what you feel is different with the person, but also together what we feel is different and what's happening in another couple. We feel like we're wrong because what they're doing is different. Oh man. You, you dude, know, so dude, no, dude. Oh dude. Right. Oh man, compar- and I know social media is probably Bro. put some lighter fluid man, on. Man, listen, comparison kills. In fact, I was doing some writing um for I'm trying to get some of these core concepts down into like a book. And so I, I was doing some writing. Oh, you! I love you. <laughs> um, I was. Uh, I'll give you one. No, but, will you but, sign it? But oh, of course, Tracy. <laughs> um, I was. But one of the things that I was um, that I was working through, you know, to that point, is trying to get people to really understand that when they have the differences that they see. And when they have those areas that they need to go into and they have those areas that they need to explore, like understanding that like that in and of itself is going to take a whole lot of time and that you have to be patient with that process. I think that that's like that's like really, really important for all of us to recognize with this stuff. Like none of the concepts that we're talking about, none of the concepts that we're going into are concepts that you're going to master instantaneously. Mm But understanding that there are differences that are between each of us that are necessary in order to bring about that whole thing, even that, even coming to that understanding, mm-hmm. that's going to take some time in and of itself. So time is a part of that, a part of that piece too. Yeah. 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 I, I see it, right? I see it in people comparing themselves in business. Yeah. Right? They're like, man, that person's achieved that level in three months. I've been yeah. doing this for 13 years. And that's why I'm like, you got to give yourself time. Comparison kills. And what I was, um, the 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 exact quote that I was writing down was, man, you know, sometimes the grass is green on the other side because it's turf. Yeah. 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 And it's not until you leave where you are to go over and explore something that you thought was better mm-hmm. that you realize, man, it ain't growing. Yeah. It's not even alive. <laughs> it's turf. Right. It's always going to be at this same level. Right. It's always going to be at this height. Right. And you left a situation that had the potential to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though it would have been hard work, you would have had to water it, yeah. till it, do all yeah. of that stuff, but it had the potential to grow. And because you were so busy comparing. So like, I'm always encouraging couples when you're working on your relationship, that was the point in the book that I, that I was writing yesterday. When you're working on your relationship, get off 
of places that invite you to constantly compare. Mm. That's not the time to be scrolling up and down to see what's going on on the gram. Mm-hmm. That's not the time to be looking at when the feed. On fa- no, absolutely not. Because what people are doing is giving you a snapshot and you're comparing your life to a snapshot. Mm-hmm. It's been edited. Mm-hmm. It's been photoshopped. Mm-hmm. It's been cropped. They don't even look like that. They, I mean, you can't even see all the contraptions they got on underneath <laughs> of their clothes. I'm saying in addition to that, they don't even look like that. Right. And you're comparing yourself to something that's not real. Right. Comparison kills. It kills joy. It kills energy. And most importantly, it kills an appreciation for what you have in the here and now. And so you've got to, to your point, Darnell, you've got to divorce yourself from comparison oftentimes when you really want to grow. Sometimes you just got to hunker down and get focused and do what you need to do to get yourself to a certain place and celebrate that. And take accountability. That's good. Right? Yep. Because half the time you're comparing yourself, but are you doing the same thing that they're doing? Wow. Are you doing something different? Or do you so, even know what they've had to do? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you have to take a look look at what you're doing, look within first. Yeah. 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 I like the quote that says, the grass is greener where you're watering it. That's good. You know what I mean? No, that's so, so good. Like you look you so busy looking over there, you're not watering yeah. your own. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know I mean? You're not tilling your own land. Right. And I absolutely. do think that it's critical for anyone who wants to build anything healthy and yeah. long lasting. Yeah that they nurture it. Yep. Yeah. And it's going to take, and that, that that's back to the other piece. These things take time. Yeah. You know, like, um, the, there's this, uh, most people who go to a wedding at some point, um, they hear somebody say, you know, the two will become one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The word there is become. Mm. Mm. It implies process. Right. It suggests that it is not an instantaneous right. thing, but that over time we will become, And are you willing to allow that thing to happen over time? The other thing that comparison can sometimes make you do is it can make you um, chase immediate gratification Mm. and immediate results and immediate success. You see it. So you want it now. You're you're triggered. That's that's why we drive down the highway and we see all these billboards. They try to make us want to go after it now. So you've got to be willing to allow yourself to have the time needed to grow. Yeah. Now, that's so funny, man, because, you know, I'm sitting here and I know what I'm getting out of this, right? And what you're getting, until we talk later, I don't really know what she's getting. I hope it's okay. No, I'm sure it's great. Amazing. But what I'm saying is the audience, like somebody's getting out of this, hey, she my sandbag. She holding me back from the coming. I'm out. I man. did not say that. Give somebody permission. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't be said, DMing me. Talking said, about he left me because of you. That hot air balloon and cause some tension in the sandbag, and I ain't becoming. So, but no, it's funny, right? Because truthfully, people are at a different place. Yeah, we all are at different places. Yeah. But the great thing is, no matter where we are, we can grow from that place. Yep, you can become. You can become. Yeah. And that's that's what I love about people who are willing yeah. to grow. And that's what our podcast is all about. If we can shift the stories we're telling ourselves about ourselves, because sometimes we're saying it's too late for me. Yeah. It's too late for my relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I've never gotten it right. Yeah. Right. So this yeah. whole self-talk prevents yeah. them like they are their own sandbag. And I think that that's so beautiful. And I'll say this really quickly because sure. I think that the biggest thing that people do in order to contribute towards healthy relationship is work on themselves. Mm. So when your self-talk gets better, yeah. your relationship is going to get better. Right. So and when your self-talk gets better, your actions are going to get better. 
And so to the degree that you're able to work on what you're saying to yourself, eventually it's going to help you to work on what you're saying to somebody else. And it's going to attract soundbite. It's going to attract everything you want. Yeah. Yep. Everything you need, everything you didn't know you needed, mm-hmm. you're going to attract it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, man, I wonder the self-talk piece. I mean, we could play with that for a while because I wonder sometimes if even you needed to hear yourself say it. Hmm. Like as in, I, as in me personally. Oh man, like I wonder if talking to yourself. There's this scripture that people hear a lot of times. It says, "Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the." So, like, what are you hearing yourself say? Hmm. Right. Because sometimes you need to hear yourself say, "Man, you can." You need to hear yourself say, "Man, we're gonna get better." You need to hear yourself say that is not our ultimate destination. And it's not until you can hear yourself say it Mm -hmm. that you can recognize it when it's coming from somebody else. So, man, that self-talk piece is outrageously powerful. And I'm grateful that you guys are creating space to lean into it. I know it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anything else for our friend and brother Amari? I don't know. I could, I could talk to him for hours. <laughs> I, you might have to come back. I'm, I'm totally down. I'm honored to be here. And I, I hope it was okay and yeah, no, helpful for you and helpful for you. Bro, listen, man, it, it was perfect. And thank you. I mean, and you you bookmarked it perfectly from the, how you started to how you ended. Um, I met with um, someone who's talking about transitioning mm. from life to death. Wow. And they said that the last ability that goes is the ability to hear. Mm. So even if they can't see you, mm. even if they're not responding, they yeah. can still hear you. So it's right. important what you're saying to them in that moment as they're transitioning because they can still hear. That's powerful, man. That's yeah. powerful. Right. So we're we're even helping out with someone's self-talk even as they transition. I love that. I love that. And we're always afforded with opportunities to transition. Yeah. So yeah. always something we need to hear. Yeah. All right, her hands Thank on my you, legs. Mario. All right, y'all, we got to go. <laughs> hey, it's been another episode of Self Talk. Thank you, my brother. I I'm really honored, man. man. Thank you what so you much. Know? Love you, Tracy. Love, Love you, Dee. Love you guys. See you at the top. Thank you for listening to the Self Talk Podcast with Darnell and Tracy Self. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. And we'll see you next time. And remember... Talk good to yourself. Good to yourself. If you've ever started something and said to yourself, I'm not quitting until I reach the finish line, there's a perfect podcast for you. The We Won't Quit podcast by my man, Mike Humes, mailman and millionaire, never gave up. Not only did he have success, but he's helped a ton of other people do the same thing. He's going to be interviewing people who never stopped until they finished. So check it out. We Won't Quit podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.